This is Generation Justice, broadcasting from the University of New Mexico, 89.9 KUNM and KUNM.org. I'm your host, Maya Quinones. And I'm your co-host, Derek Toledo. Generation Justice is a multimedia project that trains youth to create media that inspires social change. This hour, we focus on Albuquerque Public Schools, or APS, the largest school district in New Mexico. APS serves over 95,000 students and is currently in a critical moment of transition with three school board seats up for election and an open superintendent position. This is a really decisive moment in the education system in Albuquerque. Many of our communities are looking for leaders in our, our school board who really understand that our communities need a seat at the table in making decisions that are going to impact their little ones' lives for the rest of their lives. Is this moment one of challenge or one of opportunity? We'll tackle that question tonight by sharing community voices from this week's Families United for Education Town Hall event. We'll also speak with the Vice President of the APS Board, Dr. Donald Duran. And throughout the program, we'll bring you thoughts and commentaries from local education advocates Ian Esquivel and Alicia Chavez. All that, plus some great music. Here's our first song called Respect by Aretha Franklin. Stay with us. This past Tuesday, Families United for Education, a community and parent group created to address complaints of discrimination and alienation of minorities and marginalized sectors of student populations, hosted a school board candidate town hall for the upcoming February 3rd election. Community members had the opportunity to get to know the candidates for the following school board districts. District 1 candidates are Colt Bullock, Madeline Jones, and incumbent Dr. Annalie Maestas. Candidates from District 2 are Peggy Muller-Aragon and incumbent Kathy Court. There are five candidates running for District 4, including Mark Gilbert, Sina Aurelia Pleasant-Solbo, Barbara Peterson, Charles McQuig, and John Lopez. Generation Justice was there, and we bring you some of the voices from our community. These are parents, current and former students, and concerned citizens. This is what they had to say about what is needed in the APS school board and what needs to be changed. This is a really decisive moment in the education system in Albuquerque. Come election day, we're really, you know, the future of education in Albuquerque is going to be decided. Uh, historically, the school board elections haven't had a huge amount of turnout. Um, so it's important that our communities are here to express um, what their needs are and to make their voices heard by voting. I want to make sure that we have a school board that represents New Mexico, but represents a progressive, um, justice-minded, one that's going to really look at the intersections of not only race, gender, sexuality, religion, all those things to make sure our schools are open, accessible, successful for every student and family here in Albuquerque. Families United, what we do is we really amplify the voices of historically marginalized families and students 
And so we need a board member that really that will really listen to that and then act on that and then institutionalize policies and practices that eliminate inequities across race, gender, sexual orientation, ability, immigration status. I also think that you know many of our communities are looking for leaders in our, our school board um, who really understand that our communities need uh, quality education, that our communities need access to um, you know, to resources for LGBTQ students, for example, who constantly get pushed out of education systems. The biggest change that APS can make is really just talking to students about issues that they feel are impacting their lives in APS and how we can all come together to kind of sort out those issues. The way that the teachers kind of handle uh, harsh or sensitive uh, topics about minorities because some of them are just really um, harsh about it. They don't really, they don't really think over their answers. This second semester, they're enforcing a lot of tests like PARC and our EOCs. And I know the EOCs are needed, but um, PARC is like the SBA. And if you don't pass it, you don't graduate. So right now, it's really not your grades that make you pass. It's the test. And if you don't know how to take tests, if you're not a test taker, you're not going to be able to pass. Every parent, every family member that wants to be participating in the, in the success of students in our school should be able to. And that's what a progressive school board would do, right? We'll have strong family engagement policies so that immigrant and, and immigrants that speak multiple languages, working with Families United for Education, it's powerful to see what's happening in some of our elementary schools where it didn't click with me until recently that if a parent speaks Farsi, if a parent speaks Vietnamese or another language and doesn't know how to access the school resources, they and their child are going to be left out. I don't have any children, but I work with family that have children attending APS. And I recently know a story, a monolingual mom there's a form that she has to fill out in order to, to get free lunch. And because she doesn't speak English, she doesn't know how to request that form. And the, the kid didn't bring that form home. And she didn't know how to let the school know. And then she was forced to pay the lunch. And then she's a single mom and with low income. So that, that was the problem. Community voice is important because the people in the community know firsthand what the problems are and what needs to be done. Thank you, Shisan Shang, Beta Ugalde, Christopher Ramirez, Andrew Germain, Janelle Ramos, Tanya Esparza, and Tony Watkins for sharing your thoughtful, th insightful thoughts with us. I personally learned a lot from speaking with you. Since I am also in, in an APS high school, it was interesting to hear from other students. I'm glad that students are getting the opportunity to express their opinions. Joining us now are Ian Escobar, the Executive Director for the Learning Alliance in New Mexico, and Alicia Chavez, the Community Building Program Assistant at Young Women United. They'll be with us tonight sharing their perspectives. Welcome to Generation Justice, Alicia and Ian. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So Ian and Alicia, what are some of the challenges and opportunities that come along with these three open board positions? So I think one of the biggest challenges uh, for this election, for the school board election, is there is historically low voter turnout. There's only about 10% of the people in Albuquerque who go to vote. 
and also just knowing who is running, knowing who the candidates are, what they represent, and if they are in line with our values as the community. There are a couple ways um, to remedy that, and that is, of course, going out to vote um, from now until the 31st is early voting or voting on February 3rd. And also APS is going to be having a, t a forum on January 20th at 6 p.m. at their uptown office. Um, some opportunities that we have is to vote and, and get our, our voices out there. This is one way to get our voices heard is to go out there. And we could create systemic change with our vote um, for equity and education, regardless of race, class, gender, sexuality, or immigration status. And I think for the board members, some of their challenges um, will be trying to lead a large district and a large organization and do that well and navigate a bunch of different constituencies. So I um, appreciate all of the board work uh, and all the board members, what they do for the community and even for those candidates who are running. I also think the opportunity once those leaders are selected, um, I feel like there's been a lot of momentum in our community lately around collective impact work and folks doing great things together. And I feel like if the board is open to partnering with the community, we could be at a real important tipping point for our district where we see some amazing things around um, parent and family engagement and success with the board continuing to listen to the community. Do you know of any other engagements that the board has had with like the community? Are there any personal interactions? So in terms of trying to get the board to connect more with people out in the community, um, Learning Alliance, the organization I work with, hosted a couple dialogues before the Families United for Education Town Hall, uh, and the board candidates were kind enough to come out and speak with a lot of the um, constituents in their districts. I think the Families United for Education Town Hall was an excellent opportunity, and I think all those board members uh, really enjoyed connecting with folks and letting people know um, what's on their mind and what they're thinking. APS is doing a lot of work around it. There's also some questionnaires available online where people can go access that and learn more about each individual candidate and board member, uh, even those who have been elected. Yeah. Uh, do you know of any other ways that the board has helped or has been connected with the community, Alicia? Um, we always, as Families United for Education, we always invite current board members to our meetings, and some of them, we have some champions on the board who email us to ask wh which way that they should move forward with certain decisions or just to get an idea of where we're at in the community. Thank you, guys. Um, we'll hear more from you both a little later. Um, now here's a song called Campus by Vampire Weekend. On the floor, then I see you. You're walking across the campus. Cool professor studying romances. How am I supposed to pretend? I never want to see you again. How am I supposed to pretend? I never want to see you again. The other major aspect of APS's transition in the vacant position of APS is the vacant position of APS superintendent. The board will begin to narrow the search for a new superintendent in March. The national search firm Ray & Associates was contracted by the APS school board to conduct a nationwide search for a new superintendent. Because Generation Justice is committed to having community voices heard, we'd like to share with you what Brookenials think APS needs in a superintendent. I think APS needs a superintendent who's open to new ideas and a superintendent who's open to like taking initiative and who's bold and not afraid. You know, I, 
I would, we need a really strong leader in that position, right? We're talking about a billion dollar business in New Mexico. But here's the thing. Our schools shouldn't just be a business. Yep, they're one of the largest employers in our community, but they're producing the people that are going to be leading our communities for generations. Young people aren't leaders of tomorrow. They're, young, they're leaders right now in their communities. So APS has such an important role to play. Teachers are in their own world. Parents are in their own world. Students are in their own world. And the administration is in their own world. Have them connect and have them talk because that's pretty much that's what's not happening right now. I think that the superintendent really needs to understand um, our culture, like the multicultural community that we come from that is really willing to work with parents and work with um, and families and even community partners to figure out what are the best ways to address some of the issues that are happening within APS and uh, how can we close the like racial disparities that are happening within the school district. APS needs in a superintendent somebody who's really motivated and actually dedicated to helping students and helping APS be more knowledgeable about what's going on in their schools and wanting to actually improve the schools and not kind of just have a job. And just somebody who knows the community and knows what they're getting themselves into when they are the superintendent. So I think what we really need is somebody who has come from the community. We pull people from outside of our community and pay them tremendous salaries to do work, but they don't understand Albuquerque and they don't understand New Mexico. I'd really like to see the next superintendent be somebody who's homegrown. I think the people that should be included in the selection of a new superintendent are um, all community members with a deliberate focus on making sure, uh, paying attention to who's not at the table and inviting them to the table across all demographic groups. I feel like it should be open to the community to be able to, um, to nominate or to even apply from people who directly come out of our community who may better understand the dynamics within our, our current school system and that um, know, can express the voices of, of the people in our community. Knowing that the superintendent hasn't been from New Mexico in the past is kind of baffling because you would want somebody from New Mexico who knows how the schools work, what we're learning, our, our culture here in New Mexico, and how the students feel comfortable learning. And if you, we have a New Mexican as a superintendent, I think they would better relate to what's going on, and especially if they weren't in APS because the issues really haven't changed. You can read about Native students. You can read about immigrant students and understand some of their research. It's another thing to experience that firsthand and understand how some of the politics work in a place like Albuquerque, right? And so that's why I want a superintendent who really, who really is from here and understands kind of the lay of the land and can, doesn't have to learn that in a year or two of building relationships, but can jump in knowing some of the background and having relationships. From somebody that has been born and raised in New Mexico and as I've grown have gotten the opportunity to travel outside of the state, we're such in a unique place and our school system is very unique and we have very unique challenges and I feel like the only way that we're really going to be able to figure out what those challenges are is if we have somebody that reflects um, our community and who understands it from the inside out. What the advantages of having someone from New Mexico is that they know our communities and that they're invested in our communities, that they care about what we think of them because they're not going anywhere. And so there's an accountability piece that's, that's more built in, I think, if there's a local person. How are you going to better New Mexico's education? How are you going to better Albuquerque's public schools education? If you want the best solutions, ask the community because we know what our issue is and we know what the solution is. So use the community as a resource. Thank you, Janelle Ramos, Christopher Ramirez, Claudia Diaz, Amanda Gallegos, Emma Sandoval, and Tony Watkins for speaking with us.
recently my co-host had the opportunity to speak with Dr. Donald Duran, who is the current vice president of the APS board. Here is Maya Quinones with Dr. Duran. This is Maya Quinones with Generation Justice, and I am sitting here with Dr. Don Duran. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? My career has been with the public education process, and it has spanned over 42 years. Um, I began as a, as a custodian, actually, when I was in college, then became an EA, and there was a few of the classroom teachers who encouraged me to go into the classroom, and I went in and loved it, got, got the bug, and then shortly, maybe five or six years later, went into work with alternative schools for students who were at risk, and so I became the executive director of a program that focused on multiculturalism and integration of cultures in our classrooms. Very exciting and opened my eyes to possibilities of what this meant in our society and our schools. My last principalship was at Albuquerque High, and what can I say about Albuquerque <laughs> High? Just a crown for this community and how special it is. I left Albuquerque High, became superintendent of the Belen Schools, and then I decided I had nothing else to do, so I thought, why don't I run for the school board? And uh, <laughs> I ran for the school board, and by gosh, I won. And so here we are with this incredible lifespan that I've had. So right now um, in APS, this is a really tremendous time of transition. Do you consider it an opportunity or a challenge? Well, I, I think... Challenges present themselves as opportunities. Uh, And so it is a challenge for those of us who will be making the decision, but it's a great opportunity for our schools and our community and on the possibility that is out there. Education is in the forefront, as it ought to be. But there's also a concern in our community that I've heard and, and continue to hear, and one of the reasons that I ran is our schools and our curriculum and our decision-making doesn't always reflect what our population is about. I hope that we will be able to focus on those issues. So speaking about the community, in terms of choosing an APS superintendent position, what do you think the community is is wanting from that? We're asking about what the community, what our stakeholders think are the characteristics of a superintendent and what are the issues out there. And the same themes come across. It's not a surprise to me. Themes come about a person who understands our community. One of the participants talked about they didn't want a person that they had to re-educate about what Albuquerque is about or what New Mexico is about or who we are. And so that that's a clear theme that's coming through. The other theme that's coming through is a respect and an understanding of culture and what that means in a school community. And again, one of the participants talked about the fact they didn't want to teach someone how to be culturally sensitive. It should be a person who is culturally sensitive. And then the the other theme that comes across consistently is someone who can communicate positively, that can 
not add to the rancor and not add to the kind of rhetoric that we have about what education is, but really participate in a constructive conversation with stakeholders and move us in a direction that's going to be better for public education. So you mentioned how it was important that the new superintendent knows a lot about Albuquerque and a lot about New Mexico. You know, I find it interesting that there's been several years where there hasn't been a New Mexican superintendent. When do you recall was the last time a New Mexican was appointed superintendent? Joey V. Hill was superintendent uh, when I became superintendent of the Belen School, so it would have to be around 2001, 2002. Prior to that, I think there were a lot of other New Mexicans placed in between, but the latest one I would say was 2002, something like that. As a current school board member, I'd like to ask what is your message to APS students, families, and teachers? I guess to our teachers, I could say that we truly appreciate and value the hours and dedication and truly a a calling that teachers have. And I think our teachers deserve an incredible amount of respect and understanding and support. And it's unfortunate that the message that they're hearing right now is not that positive message and that nationally we don't value the art of teaching and so to the teachers I say thank you bravo I truly understand the work that we do is arduous and hard and difficult but the rewards I wouldn't change my profession for all the money in the world I wouldn't I sincerely wouldn't To the parents, I ask you to continue those parents who are always are there supporting schools and supporting teachers and supporting their students to continue to do that. In all the years that I've been an educator, I've never met a parent who doesn't want the best of their kid. Never. Have I met parents who are abusive and have I met parents who are not focused on what they need to do? Absolutely. And so to our parents who are at that place, I say, how can we support you? How can we develop schools and and bring together organizations and support so we can support that parent education? And then to students, go to school, learn, and do your work, and be the best that you can. And that I hope that our schools really reflect that this is not about a deficit model. We shouldn't be teaching students as if though they bring nothing to the classroom. They bring everything to the classroom. They bring their families and their culture and who they are and what they believe and a wealth of information. And how do we bring that together so that they can become productive people in our society? Thank you for that. That's really important to me because, especially because my mom is a teacher, and I've always worried that she wasn't being, you know, respected. Or she she does amazing things in the classroom every day. She's a bilingual teacher. She teaches both in English and in Spanish, and that's just amazing to me. She teaches little kids how to read. I could never do that. And to hear that you really do care about 
her and other teachers and the work that they do. That's Abs- that's absolutely. really important and to it, me. And it's great to hear you recognizing that as well. And I think you recognize that because she is your mother, but I, I feel like you also recognize it to all the teachers who have come yeah, definitely. to you and who has who have contributed to your education. Definitely. So that's great. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add? A superintendent should be able to lead this community with all its resources, all the power that a community has, and together move in a direction. And that whoever the superintendent is, let's not get bogged down in a person. Let's really get bogged down in us. I hope that this school district moves in a direction of more community-centered schools. What do our children need? What are the services that our schools need? And APS, Albuquerque, you well know, you're at Albuquerque High. You're at the (laughs) hub of the city. (laughs) Yeah. We're different. You know that when you visit other high schools. They're all different. And we all ought to be able to make some decisions about what we need in our schools. And I really want to thank you for this opportunity. I, I hope that more students are involved in these kinds of projects. And thank you for, for, for really giving me this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for coming in thank and you. speaking with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I really enjoyed speaking with Dr. Duran. He made some important points about cultural sensitivity in education, which I think really influences success for students. Thank you, Dr. Duran, for speaking with us. Yeah, and he has such an impressive resume. Not only that, but he literally witnessed the evolution of APS. I hope he keeps up the good work for the children of today and the future. Bringing the discussion back to you, Ian and Alicia, what are your thoughts on what community members and Dr. Duran shared with us? Also, what's the most important part of the process in choosing a new superintendent? So I think from the audio, you can hear that our community is ready for systemic change here in Albuquerque. And we're willing to participate in that, in that change. So we would really like to have a big part in choosing who our next superintendent is. We have the chance right now to vote who our next board members are going to be. But we don't have that same chance when it comes to the superintendent. We could, of course, attend the community input meetings that APS has been putting on. But not very many people know about those either. So what's another way that APS can engage in the community, that the board can engage in the community? Um, I think just as equally it's important that our superintendent is from New Mexico, that that he or she understands the issues that are here in New Mexico, understands what's going on in our education system, um, and can come in strong and not be afraid to say what they need to be changed so that we could have a more equitable education system for our students. So echoing what Alicia said and also what Dr. Duran said, I think it's so important, this idea of New Mexican leadership and the leadership reflecting the community. Um, I also like when uh, Dr. Duran mentioned, you know, moving in a direction together. I think we have a real opportunity to make that happen, as Alicia mentioned as well. You know, talking with some folks in the community, um, I've been a little... I've heard concerns about uh, Ray & Associates being a national search firm and what that might mean in terms of selecting somebody who's local. And I think in the past, we've had superintendents who were selected using using a national search firm, uh, and some community members were unpleased with those results. So in terms of how this search might be different, uh, I think it's up to the community to kind of push back and say what they want to see different. 
Um, it's up to the board to listen to those voices and to advocate for whatever change or um, whatever traits the community says is important to them. I think APS did a really good job offering a survey on their website and community could log in and enter some of the traits that they want to see in their next superintendent. But there was a list of 33 that seemed to be pre-selected and the community could only select 10. I think the important thing is at the bottom of that survey, there was a box where the community could enter their own thoughts and own opinions. And I hope that that input is reflected in the job description of the, of the next superintendent. I think we're um, also leaving out one of the most important voices in APS, which is the youth, the students who go to these schools, the 95,000 minds that this, um, this that APS is shaping. So what are ways that we can involve the youth in the system of selecting the superintendent? What are ways that we could hear their voices? They're at the schools majority of the time in their day, so they have the chance to, to get these voices heard. And I think that's a great point, because when you're talking about a superintendent leading a system of 90,000 students, that's the constituency base, right? I mean, those are the people who are going to be arguably most impacted by the superintendent's decisions. And how do they have a voice at the table? And what does that look like? And um, even if they do have a voice, are the powers that be listening to them? Mm -hmm. So, Alicia, you mentioned earlier um, how not a lot of people know about the, the meetings that they're having with the community. How, wh what do you think would be a good way to get youth there? I think um, using social media is one of the uh, biggest ways to communicate with youth. Um, I lead a youth circle every week with a lot of young women who go to APS schools, and they're constantly on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on whatever, Instagram. And that's the way that I communicate with them and get things across to them and tell them about different events. So if APS were to tap into that, I think that they could really reach a large a percentage of students, but also just at the schools. They're at these schools daily. They have so much time to for the teachers to talk to them, for the principals to talk to them, to gather them in the auditorium to talk to them. So um, they have the, them there. It's just a matter of, of communicating that message. And I think there are a couple of groups locally who are, who are doing this very well. So Alicia's with Young Women United, and they engage youth, I think, very well. There's the New Mexico Forum for Youth. There's a Southwest Organizing Project. So there are different community organizations really cultivating youth leadership. And I think they could probably teach the rest of the community some, some ways to authentically engage with youth. So <clears throat> out of all the questions being asked, um, we're obviously going to overlook some. Is there anything else that you guys might want to add that haven't, we haven't asked yet? So I think in terms of from the Families United for Education piece, there's been a lot of effort around equity and anti-racism training and addressing disproportionate outcomes. And I think having this show on the eve of uh, a holiday that honors Martin Luther King, I think it's unfortunate that we're still having these conversations, but I think it's important that we're pushing for it. Uh, and I think FUE is very strong in terms of um, wanting to see an equitable system and wanting all leaders to have that anti-racism training. Yeah, that's good. All right, thank you so much for that. Now here's a song called Wake Up Everybody by John Legend.
As we mentioned earlier, Generation Justice attended the school board candidate town hall organized by Families United for Education, which is made up of 44 community organizations with over 400 students and families. We had many inspiring conversations with parents, youth, and other community members. Yeah, each person we spoke with had a different message for APS leadership. Here's what they shared with us. My message to APS leadership is that youth voices matter and youth problems matter. This is not about any financial gain, which most politics are, but this should not be considered politics. This is the future of America and we need to start focusing on the future of America rather than the money that needs to be gained through politics. I think one of the messages I really want to stress to um, APS leadership is that our LGBTQ students are being pushed out of education systems because they're not being supported with resources and many of them are being targeted not only by systems, by teachers, by other students at times with bullying, also with not having access to the resources that they need and sometimes the approach that educational systems have taken has been really to target student behavior instead of really taking a look at what policies need to change to be able to support students overall. So I really urge um, APS to, um, to create policies, support our LGBTQ students in feeling welcome and safe in their school environment so that they can graduate. My message to APS leadership would be to partner with community members in an authentic way and to be deliberate about reaching out to people that are not at the table and bringing them to the table and then executing what they hear. Don't just gather information, but then give that information back to us and then sit down with us to figure out what to do about it so we have a more fair and equitable school system. My message for APS leadership would be to come to events like this, the Families for United for Education Town Hall, and just see what the community has to offer when selecting these candidates and when selecting the superintendent, because as a community, we do have a lot of stuff to say. We just really don't know who to say it to. So I feel like APS can, is doing a great job coming to these town halls and listening to community members, and just having that voice behind them is kind of amazing, too. You know, the thing that's powerful for me, I have been a youth organizer since I was a young person, and that was a long time ago. Young people, the students in APS, and I'm talking about the elementaries. I'm even talking about the ones in Head Start. Head Start, elementary, middle school, high school students, they know the problems and they know the solutions. So we should be doing a lot more listening to our students and their families, and not just parents, because we know there's a lot of students that live with um, a larger support network of family members, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, you know, people that are not even their families that are to have taken them in. We need to be listening to those students and have students have a voice in the decision making of the school district like APS. To just kind of take each kid as like a, your own child because that was kind of the position that you signed up for. So to just have compassion and sensitivity towards them. I think my message is that they should just unite students, teachers, and parents in school and inform all three of them on how to be able to move up and be able to teach, study, and be able to enforce that at home and at school.
It's time for you to do what you've been attempting not to do for the past 17 years. Listen to the people that you're supposed to serve. Listen to the students that you're supposed to serve. It's not that hard to correct the educational outcomes. I actually attended the event that I heard the, fir- the first time where the community was coming from. It's not just a town hall, it's a gathering of community to make a positive change. You're right, Derek. The community should play a huge role in these decisions, and their voices must be heard. Thank you, Siddiq Mohammed, Tanya Esparza, Tony Watkins, Janal Ramos, Christopher Ramirez, Andrew Germain, Beta Ugalde, and Vernon Butler for taking the time to speak with us. So, Alicia and Ian, we just heard community voices express their messages to APS leadership. What are your messages? Um, first of all, education is our right, and we have the right to say what we learn and how we learn it. So voting is one way to get our voices heard. So you could vote from now until January 31st in early voting or on February 3rd, 7 to 7 p.m. We are also ready for equity in our education system. We're tired of certain students not getting the right education. We're tired of the achievement gap for students of color, and we want that we want for all students to get a really good education. It's the best thing for our future, it's the best thing for our communities, and it will only make it stronger and better for all of us. So my message to APS leadership is to keep listening to the local wisdom and keep attending community meetings. Look for different opportunities to partner with families. APS just had a terrific school choice fair and there was this huge outpouring of family involvement and I think that says something. Uh, I would ask APS leadership to build on existing partnerships between the work of Mission Graduate and the Unidos Project or the Early Childhood Accountability Partnership, uh, even community schools. I think that we're seeing a lot of groups starting to put the pieces together and align efforts, uh, and I would ask APS leadership to to capitalize on that. I think they're doing some great work around the My Brother's Keeper initiative, um, also opening up this Office of Equity. I think all these are powerful steps in the right direction. Just from the community, I've been hearing um, ideas and issues around, you know, I, I hope that the APS leadership listens when the community asks for schools that welcome students and families and make them feel safe. I hope that they also are hearing when um, the community is asking that schools res- or schools and the school leaders respect students and their gifts that they bring to the, to the classroom with them. So these are their gifts of culture and language and tradition uh, and view those as gifts, not necessarily uh, detriments. Yeah. My friend um, Edom wrote a poem that I read today and it's titled, It Ain't a Dollar Without a Penny. And basically it talks about it takes 100 pennies to make up a dollar. So if APS is working together with FUE, with the community, with the students, we're all going to be a stronger community. We're all going to be more educated. We're all going to be happier with the way things are going. And we're all going to be really engaged in our schools, just like FUE just passed a family engagement policy a couple years ago um, so that families feel welcome in the schools, so that all languages are represented and all documentation, so that... um, Students are feel comfortable in their schools with whoever they may be, and um, 
that's what FUE is about, and that's what I think that will make a, a stronger community. And then in terms of the superintendent, just one more plug. I think um, sometimes we look for content experts, sometimes we look for context experts, but I think for the superintendent and APS, we need both content and context. Thank you. All of us here at Generation Justice are really thankful to have you both in the studio tonight. Thank you again, Ian Esquivel and Elisa Chavez, and for all the work that you do with Young Women United and Learning Alliance New Mexico. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And now here's a song titled Holy Intellect by Poor Righteous Teachers. Students, listen to the lesson I'll be teaching. Learn by holy intellect because it's a blessing. Teachers, study what is spoken through the speaker. Weaker preaches there's no need for manifesting. I'm the star. So controlling all within the soul law. Poor, so I'm a righteous teacher from the heart. Praise of God. All praises due to a law. Seven song, the holy intellect. It's time we share with you some awesome upcoming community events. Here's your beautitious calendar hosts, Zach Milliken and Bayan Jabber. Hey, Zach, do you know what time it is? It's time for the awesome experience of Community Calendar. Yes. I'm your calendar host, Zach Milliken. And I'm your other calendar host, Bayan Jabber. For tonight, we have an awesome lineup of community events for everyone to enjoy. That's right. And for our first event, we have the Martin Luther King Jr. Day service event. Strong roots equals a strong community. What exactly are they going to be doing that day, and who's hosting? The Southwest Youth Service and the Native American Community Academy, along with the Corporation for National and Community Service, are hosting a day full of service learning projects and workshops that honors Martin Luther King Jr. That's awesome. When's it all going down? It'll be happening at the Native American Community Academy on Monday, January 19th, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wait a second. The 19th? That's tomorrow. Yeah, it is. So if you want to find out more information, contact Shauna Duma at 505-259-5072. Wow, talk about a busy week because the next day is the start of the legislative session. That's right. And the first day of the session is also Children's and Youth Day. It sure is. There will be a press conference for the release of the 2014 NM Kids Count Data Book and the State of the Children Address. What is the State of the Children Address? Well, just like how the governor gives the State of the State address to talk about where we are in the condition of the state, the State of the Children address is young people talking about the conditions of our state. Wow, that's really cool. You know what's even cooler? The speakers. There are three young people who will be delivering the address. Christopher Svergeson with the New Mexico Forum for Youth and Community, Janelle Estorga Ramos with the Southwest Organizing Project, and Generation Justice's very own Brittany Sosi. Sweet. When is it again? The press conference will be Tuesday, January 20th at 10 a.m. at the State Capitol Rotunda in Santa Fe. This is a cool event to kick off the 60-day legislative session. It's a long session, and there will be a lot of bills going to be discussed. Another event to look out for is an open forum run by APS discussing the run of the candidates for the Board of Education. It will be taking place this Tuesday, the 20th at 6 p.m. in the John Milney Community Boardroom at the APS Building Uptown. The forum will provide a chance for the community to voice their opinion and ask the 10 candidates questions about the Board of Education seat. Early voting starts now till the 31st till 5 p.m. Official voting day is February 3rd from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. There are a lot of cool events happening right now in New Mexico, including the Veteran Farmer Project. Enlighten me, my friend. 
Well, the Bennerman Farmer Project is a year-round service that provides a series of workshops about sustainable farming practices, hands-on gardening, and farming experience. That sounds cool. In addition to that, it also aims to work with sustainable agriculture businesses and gives therapeutic garden space for, for veterans by growing fresh produce. It's great that they're doing that. Where can I find out more? Well, the spring class schedule dates are starting this Thursday and every Thursday till March 5th. For more information, you can contact Robin Seidel at 505-217-2027. That's awesome. Indeed it is. Unfortunately, though, that wraps up calendar for this week. I'm your calendar host, Bayan Jabbert. And I'm your other calendar host, Zach Milliken. Now back to our host with the most. We have reached the end of our show tonight. Thank you all for joining us this evening as we have explored what the Albuquerque community expects from APS leadership. We would like to thank Ian Escobar and Alicia Chavez for joining us in the studio tonight and sharing their thoughts. Again, thank you everyone who spoke with us at the town hall event and thank you to Families United for Education for organizing it. Special thanks to Dr. Donald Duran for speaking with my co-host Maya Quinones. Shout out to Generation Justice members for conducting interviews this week. Chantel Trujillo, Derek Toledo, Nicole Beatty, Dazare Bradford, and Jaquia Fuller. Thanks to our audio editors, Christina Rodriguez, Rob Naukai, and Chantel Trujillo. Engineering in studio tonight is George Luna Pena. Melissa Harris, Carson Lafferty, and Roberta Rael all worked on the production of this program. Also thanks to our calendar hosts, Zach Milliken and Bayan Jabber. Much appreciation to all our youth media makers here at Generation Justice. We couldn't do what we do without you. Stay connected with us. Check out our website, generationjustice.org, where you can listen to all of our past radio programs, see music playlists, read our blogs, watch videos, and much, much more. Also, our podcasts are now available on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe. We're also on social media, so please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the McCune Foundation and, of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Before we go, we'd also like to wish everyone a happy Dr. Martin Luther King Day tomorrow. Dr. King was an inspiring leader, and we here at Generation Justice were happy to join the Albuquerque community in yesterday's MLK March. Some of us also had the pleasure of watching the powerful film, Selma. To end our program tonight... We'll leave you with a few words from Dr. King from his speech, The Other America, as well as a song called Martin Luther King Jr. by Jose El Kid Reynaga. I'm your host, Maya Quinones. And I'm your co-host, Derek Toledo. Up next on KUNM is Spoken Word. See you next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Stay classy, folks. Tragically and unfortunately, there is another America. This other America has a daily ugliness about it that constantly transforms the buoyancy of hope into the fatigue of despair. In this America, millions of work-starved men walk the streets daily in search for jobs that do not exist. In this America, millions of people find themselves living in rat-infested, vermin-filled slums. In this America, people are poor by the millions, and they find themselves perishing on a lonely island of poverty 
in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. In a sense, the greatest tragedy of this other America is what it does to little children. Little children in this other America are forced to grow up with clouds of inferiority forming every day in their little mental skies. 